When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, welcome to Beyond the Ropes, a boxing podcast brought to you by Easley Boxing Repeat. The place for the Northwest and boxing news. News, reviews, and interviews. Here's your host, Sean Basso. I said, send me the contract. They sent the contract. I said yes. And now he gets his chance to fight the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. My promise is I've got me rounds here tonight, 10 rounds. But one thing I promise when I go to Las Vegas is I'm knocking you the fuck out, bro. Alright guys, it's episode number 44 of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Sean Basto, your host as always, here to talk you through some of the action from this weekend. And what have we got on the show today? Well, you've just heard it there. Apparently Tyson Fury is knocking Deontay Wilder the fuck out. Going to be quite an interesting one. That's probably going to be the first talking point on today's episode. Obviously, Cal Frampton looking to face Josh Warrington later on, possibly this year, after beating Luke Jackson last night. We'll talk through that fight as well. We've also got this week's show. We're going to talk about what's going on in the next week. We're going to talk about the news and gossip. And we've got a couple of questions this week on this episode of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. So guys, it's just me, myself and I today. I know Hamed this week, unavailable due to other commitments. Very difficult doing this podcasting game. I've got to admit, it's really difficult to get everybody scheduled in at the right times and, you know, getting people to be able to get in, you know, in the same times and working commitments and all the other things that go on around it. It's, it's, it's quite a difficult, difficult thing. But if you're happy with me talking at you, for about 45 minutes and keep listening because we've got a great episode I want to start at the top of the bill then really um, and I want to start with Frampton first of all and Jackson because that was the main event you wouldn't have thought that would have been the main event the way the whole Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder situation was going on 
in the ring afterwards and the, the, the talk and everyone's excited for it but I want to head to Frampton and Jackson first of all and I said it on the preview podcast on Friday that Luke Jackson I didn't think he was going to be much of a test for Carl Frampton and I was right I was right in what I was saying you know obviously he had a 16-0 record really hadn't had a name on that record to, to warrant a shot at someone as vicious as Carl Frampton and, and that's what he was last night he was vicious in his dismantling of Luke Jackson Luke Jackson was in way over his head he, he's a decent fighter don't get me wrong I think he'd he'd be a decent European level fighter but he's definitely not uh, I don't know European level fighter he's Australian a decent Commonwealth fighter then let's put it like that uh, he'd be a decent fighter at that type of level anyway but I mean he just looked worlds apart last night to be honest with you and Carl Frampton again as always just looks like he he's, he, he's definitely up there as one of the best he, you know people will argue he could possibly be the best featherweight in the division there's always justification to make arguments for somebody else but I think Carl Frampton is definitely up there in the top two for sure as, as the best featherweights in the division he looked really good from the off, he, he dictated the pace from the off. He, you know, he used his jab, cheeky little uppercuts there on the inside. I noticed a few times throughout the fight, uh, body shots ripping in there, and and, and eventually, it was um, it was a body shot that Luke Jackson succumbed to, and you just tell at this point he'd, he'd had enough. His body couldn't take much more. He, he'd been battered from pillar to post essentially. He'd got a few shots off here and there, but Frampton just walked through him. He literally just walked through everything Luke Jackson had to offer. And he's just a little pit bull. And so many people that talk about how hard Carl Frampton punches for a guy of his size. He's deceptively, deceptively a hard puncher. And I think now, looking at the Josh Warrington fight, obviously you've seen the post-fight interview for the guys that watched it on BT Sport. Or if you see it on social media, obviously that's happening now. Uh, we don't know the date as yet, but it, we do know it's going to be on box office pay-per-view. Which, uh, again, we can have a little rant about that later on in the episode. But, yeah, it's going to be another fantastic fight for the UK, I think. And wherever they end up holding it, it's going to be a great atmosphere. Because Josh Warrington has a great fan base. Frampton has a great fan base. It makes for a good fight. If I'm going to give early predictions on this fight, I do think, based on... The performance of Frampton uh, over his last few fights, I do think he'd, he'd, he'd probably just ed, edge Warrington out. Whether he'd stop him, hmm, I, I, I don't know. I'm a bit reluctant to sort of say at this stage. I'm not on the fence, but I don't know. I, I mean, I've obviously I've, I've watched both the careers progress to, to where it's at at the moment, and I've seen great engines from the pair of them, great resilience. You know, Carl Frampton does have. Harder punches, harder punching power. Josh Warrington seemingly doesn't. He goes the distance majority of the time. But he does have the engine, he does have the output, the work rate to, to out-hustle Carl Frampton. And I think that's... There'll be a lot of people arguing to and far in this one. But I think I'd probably slightly favour Carl Frampton to, to be the winner when that fight does happen. But it'll be a great fight and... Obviously, an easy fight to make for for Frank Warren. Um, be a great, great atmosphere wherever it's held. I'm just, I'm just excited for it to be honest with you because I know it'll be an all action war for however long it lasts. 
I don't know whether I can see either man stopping each other. I don't know. I, don't, I think it's going to be a 12-round fight at this at this moment in time. That's what I've got going on in my mind. I think 12 rounds seems like an adequate fight for, for these two guys. I think it'll be a war. I think it'll be a potential fight of the year contender. I don't think it'll be a boring fight. I'm, I'm calling it now. I think it will be a, a fight of the year contender, knowing how both guys fight. And I think for anybody that watches both guys, you'll know how they both fight and you'll know that they ain't going to take a backwards step and it is going to make for a great fight. It's just to see who where, who, who goes first, really, as, as to whether any of them can succumb to any punches or, you know, it only takes that one great punch and that well-timed punch for a fighter to, to succumb to a body shot or a head shot. So... We'll have to just wait and see, but I am excited for it. I think it'll be a great fight. It was great atmosphere in Belfast the last night. You could see that the fans are out in the droves for for Cal Frampton, uh, even in the rain as well. And it must there must be nothing worse than being on the floor seats and getting absolutely piss sweat through whilst sitting down watching the boxing. I mean, I've been to gigs over the years where I've been out and I've been in the crowd, and you get a little bit of piss sweat through. <laughs> but you, you don't really care because you, your favourite band's on and you're jumping around so you're kind of keeping yourself warm but when you sat down watching a boxing match it's a little bit different and you can see a few of them with the ponchos on or you can see a, a few ponchos being launched about uh, during the Tyson Fury Pianeta fight which was quite amusing kind of put me off a little bit I'd say when I was trying to watch the fight I could just see these things flying around and I was just thinking God, I'm glad I'm not there right now but anyway let's go back to the Frampton-Jackson fight I'd like to know what everybody's thoughts are do you think it was uh, a dismantling I think most people probably will agree but there might be some people there that might not let me know give me a tweet Sean Basto ESBR on Twitter or at BTR Boxing Pod also we've got the Warrington fight now and I want to know what your guys thoughts are on that do you, does anybody actually think Warrington can, can beat Frampton that, that's the big question for me I think do people think that Frampton's just going to be the one that just takes it helpful. I think the bookie, the bookies are going to have it for Frampton. Definitely. Bookies will definitely have it for Frampton, but I just can't count Warrington out. I just... He, he out-hustled Lee Selby. And Lee Selby was the Welsh Mayweather. I'm saying that with sort of inverted commas using my fingers. <laughs> but he did. He out-hustled him. Could he out-hustle Carl Frampton? I mean, Santa Cruz out-hustled Carl Frampton. It can be done. He's not, he's not invincible. He's been beaten before. He's got vulnerabilities. Can Warrington exploit him? Well, that remains to be seen, and, and, and hopefully we'll get this date soon, and I am looking forward to it. I think it will be a great fight, and it'll be great for the featherweight division. Whichever man comes out the the victor is going to go on to, to big fights in the featherweight division. We'll be talking the Leo Santa Cruz fight, Gary Russell Jr. fights. You know, these are two big potential fights for the winner of this one. Uh, the you know loser, still probably up there for, for big fights. I don't think it's a... A big loss for either man if they, if they lose this fight because they, they've both proven themselves at world level now. Frampton obviously more so than Warrington, but I do I do think it's going to be a, a great fight and whichever show it goes on, I'm sure it'll be the headline act and it'll be it'll be a great night for uh, for the Leeds fans and for the Irish fans. I'm pretty sure it will be. I want to move on then and go to the Tyson Fury Francesco Pianeta fight. Well, I've been reading social media all day today and I've I've seen so much negativity about this about this fight. Um even even from professionals in the game, coaches, professional coaches in the game, I've seen it on social media giving him a lot of stick about this fight. Now, I want to tell you my opinion on this one. 
I was watching it last night and I was thinking to myself, he isn't going in there to knock him out. No matter what he says, he isn't going to knock him out in this fight. And I tell you why. Because he needs the rounds. And he needed them rounds last night. And he said it himself. You heard that clip at the start of the podcast. He needed to get them rounds in. The fight with Safari was, was a joke. Come on, you know, let's have it right. It was a joke. It's good to see him back, but it's a bit comical, really. But this fight was against a more meaningful competitor with a decent record, former world title challenger, been in with some of the best. And you think to yourself, he's got to go here, do the business tonight. I mean, making a statement would have been knocking him out, but he didn't need to do that last night. I don't know why people are jumping all over his back about the fact that he didn't knock him out last night. At the end of the day, when you look through Tyson Fury's record, he's not knocked all of his opponents out. He hasn't got like a 98% ratio like Wilder has. He's not known for that. He's known for his movement, his head work, his footwork. He's known to to negate his opponent's strengths and, and box them and outbox them. He did it against Klitschko. You know, people will still argue that Klitschko wasn't on his best night. No, it was because Fury made it that difficult for him that he couldn't get any shots off. You watched that Fury fight last night again and you see the jerking movements. You see even Ben Davidson, I heard him say it in the corner. Make sure you're jerking, make sure you're sharp, you're jerking. You know, make him draw the lead, make him make a mistake. Pionetta, he didn't know really what he could do in that fight. You know, he tried. He come forward at points and you're thinking, is he going to actually get through here? And Fury, he he just made him look a little bit silly at times. He outboxed him. He moved well. People are going to sit there and say, no, no, I'm not accepting what you're saying here. But at the end of the day, he outboxed the guy over 10 rounds. You've got to remember, this guy's been out for three years. He's shed, what, about nine stone in the space of about nine, 10 months, 11 months, whatever it is. And he's had to go in there and, and find out whether or not he's got the, the engine to do this. And he's shown that he had the engine to do it. He didn't even get out of second gear last night. And people will say, critics will say that he needed to get out of second gear, he needed to knock Payonetta out last night. A lot of people are giving him no hope in a fight with Wilder now. I, I don't know how people can sit there and say that. I really don't. The guy went in there with the longest reigning champion for a long time. A guy who'd had so many knockouts on his record in Vladimir Klitschko, a guy who everybody was saying, as soon as that right hand lands, it's over. You, you, it didn't land. It never landed. He couldn't get it off. And this fight with Wilder now, I see I see it going the same way. I, I genuinely do see it going the same way. There's, an, there's obviously a risk that you can get caught with a big bomb and go down and that's it, the fight's over and everybody will be sat there going, I told you so. But for me, Wilder, he's, he is very unorthodox. He swings, he's got the windmill punches, he got he has got a great reach, but Fury, you've seen it, he knows how to judge the distance well. He really does and he does it well, he's got great timing. He knows when to move, he knows when to get in, he knows when to get out. He's shown him so many of his fights previously. And I think a lot of people here are jumping on the Wilder bandwagon. On paper, you're thinking, it's a knockout for Wilder, no problem. And you're thinking, after last night, you're thinking, nah, if Wilder comes forward the way Pianetta didn't, he's going to put a lot of pressure on Tyson Fury and he's going to fold. The thing is, we didn't see everything Tyson Fury's got in the locker last night. He didn't show it. And he he didn't show it for a reason. Because he didn't want to give everything away. Because he knew, if he won that fight... 
not even getting out of second gear, that that fatal welder was on. He obviously knew that. He knew it was coming. So why would he risk giving away a lot of his strengths and what he has got in the tank for a guy that sat there ringside looking for the obvious flaws in him? He's not going to do that. So for, for people out there that are thinking it's just going to be a straightforward knockout, I honestly don't think it is. I mean, people can, can, can tell me when it comes to the time, November time, that's what they're proposing. If that's the case, then, then yeah, I'll eat my words. But I do genuinely believe he causes nightmares for Deontay Wilder. And he said it himself. If you, you can't, you know, you can't even hit what you can not get near. And it's, it's true. If you can't get near him, then how is he going to get that big bomb on him? Uh, and funnily enough, the tactics he, um, some of the tactics he was using last night's fight Fury in the corner, and people were saying, oh, it reminds me of Ali when he fought. I think it was the 4-1 fight, I can't remember. And he's just in the corner and he's dodging all the punches and he's just he's basically taking the piss. And then he just steps away to the side. That's the type of thing you could do against Wilder. I mean, I don't mean in the corner, but I mean, if he makes him miss, Wilder's going to get hugely frustrated very quickly. And he'll make a mistake and Fury could capitalise. And game plan for that fight for me... Would be Tyson Fury stepping in on the counter, waiting for the big bombs, waiting for him to miss, and then throwing the nice right short right hand on the inside uppercuts. He would catch him. He's bound to catch him. Luis Ortiz rocked him to his boots when Luis Ortiz fought, fought him. So honestly, I mean Tyson Fury might not be a one punch concussive puncher like Wilder seems to be, but. With an accumulation of punches over a period of time, it can mentally break Wilder down. It can mentally frustrate him. And I, I, I'm pretty much laying how I think the fight will go, and that's how I think it will go. I think he'll mentally frustrate him over the course of 8 to 10 to 12 rounds, and it could be a points victory for him. He could just outbox Wilder. Even if he did that, people will still get on his back and say, no, no, it's not good enough. Anthony Joshua, not you out. The thing is, he causes nightmares for any heavyweight in the division, no matter what people say. And I will stick by my word on that, and I do think he will beat Deontay Wilder. I do think it will be another great performance from him. I don't think he's shown everything he needed to show last night. He didn't give a devastating knockout. He didn't knock the guy out, but he got the rounds in. And for me, that was what I wanted to see. I wanted to see him get the rounds in. Has he got the engine to go 12 rounds if he needs to? Well, it's evident he has. He didn't even, like I said, didn't even get out of second gear. And he probably could have gone another 10 rounds. And I heard that he went another four rounds on the pads after he got back to the locker room last night. So, it, for me, it just goes to show that he has got the stamina still there. And he's got, what, another couple of months to get himself into shape. He's probably going to be in the best shape we've ever seen him in for this Wilder fight. I mean, he looked a lot better last night. Uh, obviously, at weighing in at 18.6 on the Friday. And he'll look even better for the next fight. I think you will actually see him with maybe a little bit of a six-pack going on for the next fight. I really do. I do think he'll be in great shape for it. He's clearly mentally motivated to, to go back to the top and be on the top again. And the heart and desire and determination is, is all he really needs, along with the boxing ability. And he'll get there. And I, I do genuinely believe he'll get there. As for the fight, well, <laughs> Frank Warren says it'll all be revealed this week. And then... Tyson Fury announces that it's in Las Vegas 
inadvertently, but that's quite, that's quite funny. It's good though, Las Vegas, fantastic place to go and fight. Some of the greatest have fought in Las Vegas. He must be absolutely licking his lips, Tyson Fury, the fact that he's going to be in Las Vegas fighting Deontay Wilder. Licking his lips, it'll be a huge fight weekend. It's proposed for November, is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing either the 10th or the 17th. And I'm also hearing, on a side note, that Tony Bellew and Usyk is the 10th or 17th. So I'm wondering whether they'll be separate weekends. I mean, I hope so, from a boxing fan's perspective. I hope them, them, you know, one's on the 10th and one's on the 17th because they'll be two huge weekends of boxing for us. As fans, it'd be great. But yeah, no, he's got, he's got enough time there to get himself prepared. He really has. He's in great shape and he'll keep himself in great shape. And I am really, really looking forward to this fight. And I've said it numerous amounts of times and you're probably getting tired of me saying it, but it's the truth. It's a huge fight. It's the biggest fight in the heavyweight division at this moment in time now. I mean, Joshua Wilder was supposed to be the biggest fight, but everyone's excited about Wilder Fury now. It's taken the shine away from the whole Joshua Wilder situation. People getting bored of it. I was getting bored of it. I was getting fed up of hearing different things every week. I was even getting frustrated talking about it on the podcast because I just knew it weren't going to happen. Eventually, we might see something different, but for me, this 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 whets my appetite. It gets a lot of people talking, gets a lot of casual interest in it. It's good for the sport at the end of the day, and that's what matters. So yeah, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, getting in the ring afterwards, you know, having a little bit of a to do there as always, bit of pantomime stuff, but it just it's just testosterone it's just guys trying to sell the fight don't need to sell that fight lads it's it's already sold people want it people want to see it well let's look down the card then and go through some of the fights that were also on the bill last night Uh, if you did get a chance to watch it you will have seen uh, Paddy Barnes unfortunately lose to Rosales last night and again I was talking about the Paddy Barnes fight on Friday did it come too soon for him well it was quite evident that it did come too soon for him but fair play fair play to Paddy Barnes for stepping up the way he did in his sixth professional fight and going in there with a seasoned professional world champion uh, and going four, going nearly four rounds with him and then succumbing to a really well-timed body shot. There's nothing he could have done about that. Chris, Christopher Rosales, he's still only 23. This guy's still got a little bit of time to grow here and he looks a lot better than the last time i seen him out. When i seen him lose to Andrew Selby, I, I felt to myself... No, I didn't even think, well, to be honest with you, I didn't even think about the fact that, you know, Rosales would come again, and, and here he is, WPC flower champion, beats Paddy Barnes, a fantastic amateur, but still too early in his professional career, and I think it was said on the punditry last night on BT Sport, you know, you're fighting a guy who's a world champion, who's had 30 fights as a professional against a guy who'd only had five fights as a professional, yeah, he might have been a, a seasoned amateur, great amateur, but... Is that there's a difference between amateur and professional, and that transition, you know, it could take time to get into. And I think for me, he did the best he could, and he just got he got caught cold really with that body shot, unfortunately. And you know, fair play to him, like I said, and I said it on social media last night. Fair play for him for for going for the opportunity, and I think opportunities will come again for him because in the days 31, he's got a great name and great amateur pedigree behind him. You know, give a good account of himself in that fight. I think. You know, people in the flyweight division will look at him and think, you know, potentially could be uh, another good opponent for them. But Rosales, you know, you seen on Twitter last night, Rosales and Andrew Selby. Selby's not retired. He wants that Rosales crack again. He's going to now because he's uh, he wasn't the WBC champ last time he fought him and he won. So why would he? 
why would he not want to fight him? And he obviously feels he's got the, the, the number of him, so why not? Andrew Selby obviously needs to get back up there, though. He needs to get a couple of fights, I think, before he could just jump in there automatically. That would be a mistake for me if he uh, tried to jump in the ring with him straight away without having any sort of tune-up fights. But unfortunately for Paddy Barnes, back to the drawing board, he needs a couple of fights, I think, and then he needs to step back up again if he's going to be at world level because he is 31, time's ticking. You know, he's 30, 34, 35, you're expecting the uh, career to be over. So, Paddy Barnes, fair play to you for stepping up, but unfortunately on this occasion, Christophe Rosales, WBC champ, what are we going to see from him in the future? Well, time will tell. Also on the card, Stephen Ward, undefeated, beat Steve Collins Jr. for the vacant BUI Celtic Light Heavyweight Championship last night. I don't think I predicted this one on the Friday podcast. I can't remember whether I did or I didn't. But Stephen Ward now moves to 8 and 0. Steve Collins Jr. now moves to 12 and 2 and 1. Um, I don't know what to make of that really to be honest with you with uh, Steve Collins Jr I mean obviously his dad Steve Collins famous middleweight and super middleweight champion of the world you know not always do the sons do the same as the fathers before them and I mean a good example would be uh, I think it was Marvis Fraser Joe Fraser's son was it or was it his nephew I can't remember off the top of my head but you know there has been sort of fighters out there that have got the legacy behind him but haven't been able to live up to that legacy it must be very difficult having that on your shoulders uh, Roberto Duran Jr who we interviewed on the podcast uh, about 6-7 weeks ago he's got a massive task on his hands with the legacy his father's got but he's pretty pretty open and honest about what he wants to try and achieve in his career and he's going to try and get there and I can only you know give him credit for trying because you know they grew up in a boxing family and with a you know legendary fathers, it must be must very difficult to try and live up to that expectation. Luke Keeler also picked up the victory over eight rounds last night against Dwayne Grant. <laughs> Lewis Crocker, you've probably seen him against Willie Warburton last night. He picked up the victory. You know what, actually, on this point, Willie Warburton got some shit last night on Facebook on one of the Facebook boxing groups, and you know what, I had to step in and say something because. It, it does really get up my nose a little bit when people who seemingly think they know a lot about boxing actually don't know jack shit. So someone goes in there and puts a picture of uh, Willie Warburton's box wreck up on and, and basically says, yeah, there's a great lot of talent on this BT Sport card. <clears throat> I think what they're not realising about someone like Willie Warburton is, yeah, he's lost 137 fights, or 138 fights now, but at the end of the day, the guy goes in the ring week in week out probably earns in excess of a grand and a half maybe more per fight I don't know what he actually gets but uh, you know I know around about figures of what fighters do get and he's getting in excess of a grand and a half upwards week in week out that guy makes more money in a month than I probably do in about three months when he's fighting week in week out and to me that just goes to show you he's got some balls to be getting in there every week and getting punched and staying safe and being able to do what he's doing and it just felt like a bit of unnecessary stick from somebody who didn't really know a lot about boxing I mean Willie Warburton's been in with some great domestic prospects and I tell you what he could have beat half of them and should have beat half of them that he's been in with but as you know as we know it doesn't always go that way 
but fair play for, for Willie Wilder and again last night it's good to see him and you, if you look on his uh, on his box rec schedule he's actually scheduled to be out again uh, quite a bit funnily enough he's uh, scheduled to be out next week which we'll talk about and then he's scheduled to be out uh, <laughs> 15th of September and the 29th of September as well so you know what I mean what he makes in them three fights like I said I'd probably be making about four a month or something like that so fair play unnecessary slagging where it doesn't need to be needed and just comes to show you that all these people on these boxing groups who think they know something about boxing don't actually know shit and they don't know the ins and outs of what a fighter has to go through and not just an away fighter what the, what the home fighters have to go through to pay to cover the cost of an away fighter and, and then sometimes people sat there and sl- slagging fighters that have got a 7 and 8 and 0 record who are fighting guys that uh, you know journeymen road warriors but at the end of the day, they've got to try and make the money to pay for their fees. And if they're not making enough money to pay for the fees, sometimes it's down to the promoters to put their hands in their pocket to do that. So you've got to remember this. Not a lot of people that casually watch boxing or casually listen to podcasts about boxing know that type of information, unless you're in the boxing game. So I think you need to think about it before you start slagging guys like Willie Warburton off. Michael McCullough picked up the victory last night. Sam Maxwell moved to 9 and all looked good in doing so. Conrad Cummins beat Nicky Jenman. Isaac Lowen is tuned up for Ryan Walsh. Won last night as well. And Stephen Donnelly and Sean McComb both succeeded in their debut fights last night. So it was quite a big bill. Quite a decent atmosphere overall throughout the night. I think it was... Um, I think it was decent. I think it was a decent card overall. If I was going to rate it, I think out of 10... I'd probably say about a 7, 7 out of 10, I think. And I think that's mainly down to the the hype with the Fury fight and, and the Carl Frampton fights. I think them two, you know, sort of really made it. People will say it was a, a, a shit undercard. They're going to say it's a shit undercard, but I, I have seen worse and I have seen better. I ain't going to lie. But I'd say overall, for as, as a whole package, I'd probably say about a 7 out of 10 last night for that one. So, yeah, decent. I was you know, quite pleased after watching it, uh, going through the details. And uh, I think, like I say, you go on social media and you just see so many people slagging and so many people giving shit to people. But half these people would never lace the gloves up and get in the ring and do it themselves. And that's what makes me laugh about it all. And it just, just comes to show you what social media has done to the world. Uh, a lot of keyboard warriors, as people like to say. A lot of um, <laughs> a lot of power, a lot of powder puff guys out there giving shit. But anyway, I don't want to rant too much about it. I'd rather move on, and I, I don't want to go into sort of my. I think it's. I think I'd like to call it the rant of the week. Yeah, rant of the week. So I think what we've got here is three fights in September. Not three fights in September. Three fights in the fall that are going to be pay-per-view i did see a tweet somewhere today actually on social media about the amount of pay-per-view fights that are coming up and i think it's going to be coming up something like 120 quid before the end of the year for all the pay-per-view fights that are being proposed which is a ludicrous figure to think about if you're already paying for a subscription to sky or to virgin or, or whatever platform you're doing it on legitimately and you're paying for it and then you've got to pay an extra 120 quid on top of that to, to watch the fights you want to see. 
I've said this before and I will say it again. This is why people are on Facebook begging for links, looking for links, trying to find links for streams because, quite frankly, nobody wants to pay 15 to £20 a pop every single time. And I understand, I do genuinely understand why people do that because it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've done it myself. I'm not going to sit here and say I do not pay for every single... I do pay for some of them because some of them are worth paying for. But if I can find, if I catch a stream somewhere and I think, oh, yeah, actually, I'll, uh, I'll catch it. If I'm not at the events, then I'll usually try and catch it somewhere, whether it's at mates, whether it's at my own, or whether someone shares a stream on Facebook. I'm not going to not watch it if someone's sharing it. It's simple as that, really. But I can understand why people do it. I really can. But I think... This is why people are doing it. People are doing it because they don't want to pay that amount of money plus whatever they've already paid throughout the year. You know, you're looking at a good few hundred quid a year just to watch boxing on top of your subscriptions to your normal television packages, which I think is is ludicrous when you think about it. (laughs) That money could be spent on other things. Uh, I mean, a lot of the pay-per-views are great most of the time, but there's some that don't really warrant it. And then when you pay it to watch it, I mean, let's let's say, for example, Dillian White and Joseph Parker shouldn't really have been a pay-per-view event. But after watching it, you would have thought that's what the sort of quality for fights you would have expected to get from a pay-per-view event because of all the knockouts and all the fights. And what pe- it was the perfect example of what people want to see in, in, a, in a pay-per-view. But you're not always going to get that. That's the thing. You're not always going to get that. When you pay your 15, 20 quid... You, you're not always guaranteed to get this sort of stuff. So I think you just uh, I think you just sort of need to think about which ones are you going to pay for and which ones can you go and do like a bit of a, I'll go around to my mates and I'll share the money out kind of thing. I've done that before and I've had a few guys around and gone, right, chip in a couple of quid each and pay for it. It doesn't seem so bad when it's like that. But again, illegal streaming, that is why people do it. That is why people go and find the links because they do not want to pay that sort of money every year to do it. I mean, don't get me wrong, we're already, we're already being robbed enough as it is when we pay car insurance and council tax and, you know, all the rest of the the pointless amounts of money that we have to shell out every year every year as human beings. It's ridiculous. So, no, I, I can understand with a lot of people when they say that and I can kind of relate to that, you know, massively. I'm not on a fantastic income. I've got enough to cover my family and my life. But I'm not on a great income. So, at the end of the day, wherever I can save money, I'll try to save money. If it means going around to my mate's house to watch it, then that's what I'll do. If I see a stream on Facebook, that's what I'll do. But this is why people do it. Anyway, let's move on from the ranting side of things and let's look at what's going on next week and what's going on over the next week. It's pretty quiet again next week because obviously the boxing season is a still on a bit of a low season at the moment. It's coming to high season very, very soon. September. I think most of the local shows in the northwest start again in September. So I am really looking forward to getting back out, back on the road, getting back to all the shows. I am really excited to be going around and seeing all the guys again. Uh, I've had a few weeks off from doing it uh, because of obviously me moving the family bereavement and stuff like that. So I have took a bit of a step back, but I'm here. I'm back, back with a vengeance. Looking forward to the new season. Looking forward to seeing all the guys that I've made friends with, the fighters I've made friends with. You know, following their careers. Uh, and next Saturday, 
at the Withenshaw Forum, Manchester Black Flash Promotions. I've got a nice little card on over there. That'll be a good one. You've got Ross the Boss Cooksey, Ryan Oliver, Jake Kelly. You've got Jake Kelly, <laughs> Jake James. Pretty sure Jake, Jake Kelly, Jake. I can't remember. I've got it down as Jake Kelly. It might be right. Uh, ignore me. A Jay Taylor. I've seen a lot of Jay Taylor on social media. I've got her as a friend on Facebook. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing her debut. That'd be a good one. Zach Burton, brother of Hosea. Jackson Hume, all making the debut next week. That'll be good. So there's a good little show on there next week. Good little show. It's good to see uh, boxing back in Manchester. You know, I've missed uh, some of the local shows going on. But I think the main action and the biggest fights go on over in Arizona next week in the US of A. And we've got Raymundo Raymundo Beltran, Ray Beltran, against Jose Pedraza for defence of the WBO World Lightweight title next week. That's going to be an interesting fight. I think uh, Bob Arum, top rank, will be keeping a close eye on that one because they're looking to get Lomachenko in that fight with Beltran, and we know he's been talked about for a little while. And I think um, I think that's what's going to come of that. I think he, I think Beltran's got enough experience to beat Pedraza next week uh, you look at Pedraza he's only lost Giovanni Davis and that was down at super featherweight he's obviously moved up to lightweight now so you're expecting the experienced Beltran's going to pick up a, a good win there and you know another another good defence of his title so that'll be that'll be a good fight for next week and then the return of Isaac Dogbo next week he's defending his WBA world super bantamweight title against Hidenora Otake next week which again is going to be a decent fight for the card I think uh, Otake 37 year old probably past his best still on a really really good winning streak at the moment though to be fair so you can't really count these guys out sometimes but I am expecting the class of Dogbo to come through that one so that should be a, uh, a decent couple of fights for next week and next Saturday. Uh, there isn't really anything much else next week. I mean, looking through the schedule for the fights, there isn't really, you know, like I say, many fights of, of note. So it's a bit disappointing when it gets to this part of the year and you're, you're sort of scraping the barrel a little bit to try and find some great boxing going on. But no, they're, they're the two sort of main cards for me. Obviously, in Manchester here, we've got the the, the Withenshaw Forum card for all the local fighters which will be good and then you've got the Beltran and Pedraza and then you've got the Dogbo and Otaka fights next week so pretty quiet on that front for, for, for boxing next week so I want to move on then uh, I want to give a, a new little section into the podcast I did say I wanted to do a full Q&A podcast but you need to send your questions in guys I need more questions I need more feedback and this is what I said to you on the last episode. I need you to get emailing me in. I know a lot of you speak to me on Facebook on my personal account, or you speak to me on Twitter, and you know you ask me opinions on fights. Well, send it over on Twitter on the podcast BTR Boxing Pod. Let me know what your thoughts are on certain things, and I'll get back to you and I'll read it out on the podcast, and it'll be good. Good bit of interaction. Good way to to get your voice heard. Also. Uh, all your questions heard on this podcast and we have got some questions for this week and it's from uh, 3x sports and you can find them at 3x sports pro supplier of boxing and martial arts equipment down in london they've asked two questions it's a two-part one so i'm going to answer them so the first one 
was what he wanted to know what my thoughts on the World Boxing Super Series was. So what went well and what went not so well? Well, what went well? For me, the fact that all the fighters, uh, the best fighters in the divisions got to fight each other. And there was no ducking, there was no diving. They all got to, I mean, obviously super middleweight one is still, you know, we're going to see that soon. But I mean, for especially the cruiserweight one, all the biggest names in the cruiserweight division that were involved in it got to fight each other. All the titles ended up with one man at the end of it. It won't stay with that one man for a very long period of time, but it was great to see all the titles held with one person and not split around all these different champions. It's nice to see that the fe- the best fought the best and the best man won at the end of it all. That's what went well for me. At the event itself, I went to two of the shows. I went to the Groves Eubank fight. And I went to the Smith Scrogland one. And the whole events, the way they organised them, the lighting, the staging, the the, the the announcing, everything was fantastic. It was different. It was not your normal boxing event. I mean, big up to all the MCs out there because they do a fantastic job and put their own spin of introducing fighters and getting people ready for the fights. But the way the whole thing was set up, the way they came out on the podiums, gladiatorial style, it was... For me, it was really, really good, and I breath of fresh air, and I really enjoyed it. What didn't go so well? Well, this was always going to be a problem with pullouts and injuries, and there was always going to worry about these things happening. And obviously, it's happened with the fact of Groves injuring his shoulder against Eubank. Obviously, the recuperation. Fortunately they didn't bail out on us the Sourlands and they have still given us the rightful super middleweight final after weeks and weeks of talks of potentially Eubank stepping back in even though we lost uh, I think they've got to have a better contingency plan in place for me That that's all I would probably say is you've got your sort of reserves and your standings I mean you're seeing your standing with uh, Nieke Holskin when Smith was supposed to fight Jürgen Bremer and Nieke Holsken stepped in, it was good that they had someone to step in. But, I mean, I'm answering my own question here. I would like to have seen better level of opponent than Holsken, but then I can understand you can't really keep a lot of fighters on standby, a lot of really high-quality fighters on standby for that long for something like this. I can, I can understand why people, you know, would have would have said... Mm, well, Holskin, not a great fighter, not a great record, actually a kickboxer. Yeah, I know he was, but he put up a good account, I suppose, given the fact he was, a, you know, a kickboxer mainly, but I'd had, you know, quite a few pro boxing fights. Uh, what didn't else go so well? Um, I think the some of the venues, uh, I think the fact that the final of the super middleweights is in Saudi Arabia, in Jeddah, doesn't seem to be a feasible thing to have done. I get the impression this is just to sort of breach that market in Saudi Arabia because there's a lot of rich guys over there. I mean, if anybody watches WWE, they did the greatest Royal Rumble in April when they normally do it in January, Royal Rumble, and they did a special one-off one in Saudi Arabia because they wanted to get themselves out there, brand awareness making sure that they can breach a market, get fans over in that market. And it it was a success. So I can see the smart business move that they're making here is to put it in a country where 
they are genuinely have boxing well where they've got genuine boxing fans and they want to tap into that market I can understand that because that could lead to future deals for them as promoters so I do understand it but I don't think it's it's well for fans I don't think it's good for fans who actually want to go and attend it especially when it's two British guys this should be at Wembley this should be a big stadium in the UK it shouldn't be in Jeddah that's not what that's what's not gone so well for me from my perspective uh, second question thoughts on BT going pay-per-view and Box Nation slowing down I think I've talked about this before in one of the previous episodes I think BT going pay-per-view is obviously a direct competition with Sky Sports Box Office and Eddie Hearn and Matchroom if Eddie Hearn's been doing it for as long as he has and getting paid and doing well out of it then Frank Warren is going to want to do the same because he is the closest rival Eddie Hearn's got in the UK so he's obviously going to want to try and match it and and people are paying for it and that's the thing people are paying for it so he's not going to not want to do it it's a shame that it it pisses all over Box Nation because when Box Nation was launched I I was so excited to, to see that channel launch I was like this is great you watch all your boxing in one place you see everything in one place and you know, as, as time goes by, that's just sort of dwindled away. And I know there's the deal with MTK, and obviously all the MTK shows will be getting shown on there as well. And it does give great exposure for the fighters, and that's what does matter. But it's not really great for the guys that have been paying for a subscription for so long, and all you're ever watching is reruns of Hatton and Zoo and Kawasaki and Lacey, and you know, all the reruns of all the fighters over the years. That's not what you pay for that or something for. You can you can see that on YouTube. You can see that on the internet. Anyone with a laptop, tablet, or smartphone can see that anywhere they want to see it. They don't want to sit and pay ten pound a month for the privilege of it. So people they're going to lose a lot of subscriptions. It's as simple as that. People are going to unsubscribe. They're not going to pay that money per month anymore because all the action is over on Sky Sports and on BT now. So they're going to have to go out and pay for BT Sports instead. So that ten pound, twelve pound, whatever they've been paying a month. It's going to end up going to BT instead. That's how it's going to go down. It's a crying shame. A crying shame because the deal they've got with MCK now means that the exposure they're getting is just going to go down the pan a little bit. Fortunately enough, IFL do a lot of stuff with live streams and, and set stuff up. So, you know, you're quite fortunate that that might still happen anyway. So, you'll still get to see the fights, you know, on the internet either way. But it's just a shame, to be honest. That, for me, it's... A crying shame from what it was and what it was hyped up to be and you know big companies like BT come along and just take over a shame but anyway 3x sports thank you so much for being the first Q&A guy on the podcast and like I said earlier if anybody's not giving him a follow follow him on Twitter 3x sports pro boxing equipment tie boxing equipment get yourself over there have a quick look at what they do especially if you're london based i'm pretty sure they do deliveries across the uk so why not find find them on there have a look at what they do looks like they've got some really good products on there actually so thanks again for that one let's move on then let's go over to the final segment of today's show and as always it's the news and gossip section of today's show what's going on in news and gossip well 
I think we already know, really, don't we? <laughs> I'm not too sure why I've done this section this week, to be fair, because I think all the talk is about the fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Is it going to take place in November? Is it going to take place in December? Is it going to be in New York or is it going to be in Las Vegas? Well, they tell us that they're going to announce it this week. So, hopefully, we'll get that full announcement this week and, and obviously we can interact on Twitter and have a chat about that, guys. You know, it'll be interesting to see if it does finally get announced after all the hype and... You know, they're staring each other down and the stuff that they were saying to each other in the ring last night. It'd be good to see actually get a date now and we can actually get get excited for it and hyped for it. Uh, I am I am genuinely looking forward to, to this fight, as I've said earlier. And then obviously we've also heard that Frampton and Warrington are going to go out as well after last night. So great, two fantastic fights being made and, and, and it's just exciting times. And, and then obviously they've got Golovkin and Canelo coming up which has now been confirmed that BT Sport are picking it up and it's another pay-per-view event so you're going to have three pay-per-view events there uh, on BT Sport alone in the last few months of this year so that's quite funny after what we've just been saying in, earlier on in the episode uh, <laughs> another another what, another 60 quid to shell out there I mean it could be worse, it could be in America you could be shelling $60 out which is about 50 quid a pop for every pay pay-per-view so it's it's not so bad I suppose but still uh, them three big fights are to be on BT Sport in the UK so they've picked them up so it's good that it is on UK television and it's good that we can you know pick that up uh, even if it is meaning that we've got to pay out another 20 quid a pot but oh well maybe next time hey guys <laughs> anyway let's move on let's see what else is going on um, in the world I mean obviously the sort of fight that I didn't pick up on Friday was Ireland had a new world champion uh, in TJ Doheny he just dethroned uh, Iwaza Ryazuki Iwaza in Japan to become the super bantamweight king IBF super bantamweight king which is um I've completely forgot about that on Friday when I was doing the episode and uh, obviously when I realised I was a bit gutted not to talk about it because it was a great win uh, travelling over to the backyard uh, of Iwaza in Japan and then dethroning him doesn't happen that often but it's nice when it does and it's nice when it's someone from over these shores as well doing it so pretty chuffed about that actually it's a pretty pretty decent result for him massive result I think there was a picture of him uh, down killed up in a ball on social media of, of how much it meant to the guy and it was amazing it's amazing to see when this type of stuff happens it's uh, it's really good Jamie Moore's come out and said that Rocky Fielding apparently is in early negotiations to potentially defend his WBA regular super middleweight title against James Gale which I think we may have talked about it a couple of episodes ago or might have not but Fielding had a great win over Zorga recently and James DeGale obviously vacated his IBF title he's now looking to get straight back in the mix against Rocky Fielding is it a fight that I want to see? For Rocky Fielding it's a great payday great payday I just I worry because obviously you know it took him so long to get that, that chance and that opportunity and he's got it and he's won one and James DeGale is a decent fighter a very decent fighter and he could outbox and beat Rocky Fielding but then again you know who knows because Rocky Fielding wasn't expected to beat Zygo and he did so that's a good one I'm looking forward to that uh, obviously we've got the Billy Joe Saunders Demetrius Andrade fight I'll be interested to see how the build up goes for that one in America given the fact that he likes to throw chicken at people and glass and whatever else it was on on Friday on Friday night. Um, I think everybody's seen that video now, haven't they? The uh, incident in Nando's that was quite hilarious. 
it'll be interesting to see that it's uh, officially going to be announced for the 20th of October I believe so that'll be good to get another fight for the back end of the year another decent fight as well it's not even like it's a, a crap fight it's, it's a really really good fight between two undefeated fighters so good to see Billy Joe Saunders get a good fight he's you know he's doing a lot of talk outside the ring and a lot of um, a lot of prankish stuff he also does a lot of good stuff to be fair to him but a lot of the prankish stuff gets more of the attention of course so it'd be good to see him getting in with the Demetrius Andrade I would be very excited to see that fight because it's a, a difficult fight and a difficult fight for Saunders and obviously Andrade like we said is undefeated so this could be a, a very big acid test for, for Billy Joe and we'll see if he can get his shot at potentially Canelo or Triple G depending on what happens in that fight I think a piece of news that I didn't cover in the past couple of weeks was the fact that Joe Joyce has uh, has moved over um, base camp in America now um, with Abel Sanchez, Gennady Golovkin's trainer, which is uh, uh, I wasn't I'm surprised. I am. I'm, I was a bit speechless there because I was surprised because he seems to be doing well under Salas, Ishmael Salas, and obviously Sam Jones, his promoter, has got him over there and got him in that camp, and it looks like they're going to be putting him over in America and getting him on American TV soon as well. All the word on the, on on the social media side is that they're going to be getting him up there and they've linked up with Al Heyman as well which is which is huge it's huge Joe Joyce is, is a heavyweight who, who wants to make waves and very quickly uh, I think that's the right way to do it they're trying to get him exposure in America it's a hard market to crack for a British fighter unless you're an elite British fighter so we'll see how that one goes but I'd like to see him get some good fights soon so <laughs> I don't really think there's a lot more for me to cover this week, to be honest with you, in terms of news, because it is, it's Sunday, we're recording it on a Sunday evening, and all the news will start coming out tomorrow, and Tuesday or Wednesday, so by the time you've listened to this episode, things will have completely changed, and something else will be going down, but I just wanted to get this episode out as soon as possible, really, to cover the post-fight stuff, and just wanted to give my thoughts on it, and my rants, and idiots on social media and giving a shout out to people you know uh, the guys that are giving questions and answers to us it was really great to get them on this episode this week as well so uh, it's been a really good episode I really actually enjoyed it even though it's just me and I can talk a glass eye to sleep I have really enjoyed the episode and enjoyed chatting and, and enjoyed talking about these things and like I said and I say it every episode what means more to me than anything is the fact that you listen to the episode and that you're subscribing and you listen to it when it comes out every week and it's nice to get feedback and it is nice to get more and more people giving us questions some of that we can answer on the episode please keep doing it at btr boxing pod on twitter if you're not on twitter we're on facebook beyond the ropes boxing podcast if you're not on facebook you can find us on soundcloud itunes stitcher Castbox, eat sleep boxing repeats youtube channel ask me questions on there i've got access to all of these accounts because it's everything i set up so i'd love to hear from you all i'd love to hear what you've got to say about the fights whether you think i'm right about certain things whether you think I'm wrong about certain things I'd love to love to have a debate about it it'd be interesting it'd give for an interesting episode to have a chat about it so keep doing what you're doing keep listening keep rating keep reviewing keep subscribing keep telling your friends keep sharing the episodes it all helps it's a huge huge help and it's nearly been a year since the podcast died I think it was the 20th of September the first episode was out so we're nearly coming up to our first year anniversary of BTR Boxing Pod and uh, I'm excited I am genuinely excited about some great great guests some big huge names on the show and we're going to keep doing that we're going to keep getting big huge names on the show and we're going to keep giving our opinions and all we want you to do is join in with us and get following us subscribing us asking us questions let's keep it growing let's keep going guys i hope you've really enjoyed this episode you know where to find me 
Sean Bastow ESBR on Twitter and you can find it on Facebook Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast and Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode I'll speak to you next time Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.